Oh my god, welcome to this week's episode of Romancing Nancy Drew. Hey party people. Hey Halloween party people. Oh my god, yes. Haunted house. Yes, picture it. Sicily, 1937. Uh, this week's episode of Romancing Nancy Drew. You can find me at Romancing Nancy on Twitter or you can find me at Andy Nickerson on Twitter, which stands for Nancy Drew Nickerson, as that is my name. Um, we are in most likely to die. Oh my God. Okay. So when I was rereading this, I was like, this is fucking perfect for Halloween. I love it. I love it when a plan comes together slash everything coincidentally ends up as though I planned it, which is never true. This one is book 27 and this one came out in September of 1988. And oddly enough, we are right at Labor Day in the book. We're having the last party this summer. Oh my God. Okay. A few notes before we begin. Uh, first off, some eating, some disordered eating is going to be discussed. And you're like, I thought that was a spoiler warning for this entire show because contents are going to include people trying to fat shame Bess. Um, not actually so much in this book. So that's fun. Um, the other thing is that this is a fucking slasher film. And I love it. I was like, Nancy has finally reached final girl status, which is what she has been this whole time. She is always final girl. Like, she's owning it. It is her brand. It's nice. This one is, it's kind of weird because as we've talked about before, like, this series takes place as though Nancy's in her gap year after high school, but before college, but maybe has no intention of ever attending college, depending on the book and the ghostwriter and what they had in mind for her, so... Yeah, so this is supposed to be a party at the end of the summer, but it, okay, so it has to have been a year since Nancy graduated. But again, the year's about to start over. Like, we never, we never escape it. We are in the Hotel California of years. It is Groundhog Day, and we're never getting past it. So, Wendy, who is going to be played by Candace Cameron Bure. <laughs> I was trying to, I was thinking really hard about this, and I was like, it's her. It's fucking her. Candace Cameron Bure. Um, star of several Hallmark Christmas movies, and also strikes me as exactly the kind of person who would pull this off. Um, and I mean that in every non-complimentary way possible. Um, she is throwing a end-of-the-summer party at her parents' lake house. Yes. They have a lake house. They also have a townhouse, and that it's a house in town, not a townhouse. Yeah, Wendy's swimming in it. Candace Cameron Bure, she's just like, you know what? Yes, I have everything. She was the head cheerleader in high school. So whenever Nancy received the invitation, she was like, well, I mean, Wendy was okay to me in high school, which... Bess and George are like, yeah, she was a fucking bitch. Like, we're just going to own that. She also, whenever Nancy called to say, yes, I'm happy to come. She was like, oh, bring that. He was practically a member of our graduating class anyway. He was not a member of their graduating class. And I went to, like, generally it's said to be like Mableton High School, which is fine. It's fine. Um, but they met while Nancy was in high school. Just there's a scene in the book where Ned and Nancy are looking at the ninth grade yearbook, the yearbook from when Nancy was in ninth grade. And she and he's like, I would have dated you back then if I had known you. And Nancy's like, oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> so clearly they met after her freshman year in high school. Also, again, there's the weird like what how what were their ages when they met but it's fine because again originally if you're going back to og then nancy was 16 and that was probably 19 or 20 
It's cool though. They kept it in their pants. So, um, the book picks up with Bess like staring at herself in the, she's wearing a blue bikini and she's like, I have to look perfect. Every single guy needs to say that I've gotten fucking gorgeous since high school. Like that is what I'm trying to give here. I'm trying to give like, am I Beyonce? And everybody's like, just get in the damn car, Bess. You're fine. George is like, you look exactly the same. And Bess is like, that is not what I wanted to hear. She wanted to knock everybody's socks off. And as a side note, I was like, I get it. I 100% get it because I went to like my first high school reunion. And after that, I just was like, no, because you're like, my body looks weird. Or I haven't, you know, you've got all this shit in your head. So I get it. I get it, Bess. I am you, as always, in this book. We always want to be Nancy, but we always are best. So, um, yeah, they get in the car. Apparently, the lake house is like an hour away from River Heights, at least. Like, it's a significant drive. And Nancy's like, let me make sure I have the invitation and the direction so that we know how to get there. And I was like, oh, no GPS. Oh, it's giving serial killer. Um, but anyway, they get out there. The lake house is, of course, huge. And it just, they say like a kind of like... It's not a new lake house. It's like a rambling lake house. And I was like, if one has a lake house which can ramble, then that indicates that we're giving Victorian ghosts possibly some drownings. Anyway, uh, no, it's fine. Um, But yeah, there's a ton of people there. The party starts at four o'clock. Asterisk. So uh, there's a thing that happens in Nancy Drew books. And we've, we've talked about this before when we were talking about the fact that there was a booze cruise that they just weren't saying was a booze cruise. Um, it's like alcohol exists, but they just really look real hard the other way at the fact that like they'd be getting lit. All y'all would be getting lit at this party. I know that they're supposed to be like 18 ish. They'd be getting lit. They're at a lake house. There's no supervision. Anyway, but sure, we'll pretend. It's fine. They're playing volleyball. They're getting high in the attic. I don't know what's happening. It's fine. Maybe doing some light cocaine. It is 1988 after all. Um, so yeah, um, here's the thing though. Okay. So the cast of characters for this, there's Wendy, Candace Cameron Bure. There's also Wendy's ex, who is named Patrick, who I thought really hard about this. And I was like, Christopher Reeve, which I don't, We'll get there. But he strikes me as the correct thing. He's, like, all-American. He was the star quarterback. He was, like, he got a full scholarship to an Ivy League university. We're not going to mention which one. Like, the book doesn't. It's not me being, cat like, coy or anything. The book just doesn't give you that. Um, He was, like, MVP of everything. He was perfect. And everybody was like, oh, my God, he's amazing. And he, you know, he and Wendy broke up, like, midway through senior year. And everybody's like, oh, my God, we thought they would be together forever. Oh, my God. But, but you know, whatever. It just didn't work out. They're friends now. It's okay. But, yeah, so a smidge awkward. But Christopher Reeve, because I was, like, just, like, good, classic, all-American, like, that. He needs to be giving that. And I was like, Christopher Reeve, just younger. That that makes sense to me. Um, among the other cast of characters, um, we have Monica Beckwith, who is an aspiring actress, which... Because we read Dancing Puppet recently, um, it's kind of interesting that, like, how Nancy can take over everything in the original mystery stories. When we get to the files, it's like, she delegates. She's like, you get to be the actress. You you can pull this off. So Monica's the one who, even when they were in high school, was still, was, like, getting parts in regional plays, um, did summer stock, 
um, has got an apartment in New York. Um, I think that she's actually like landed some jobs. Like she hasn't hit it big yet, but like, they're like, oh yeah, she's, she's going to be great. Everybody's going to know her name. Monica walks up to the party with somebody behind her who Nancy looks at because of course the books are told from Nancy's perspective and Nancy looks at the girl and she's like, oh, um, I, I don't know your name. And she's like, Celia Quaid. And everybody in the party's like, oh my God. Okay. Celia was overweight in high school. Celia was fat in high school. And she's lost a bunch of weight. And everybody at the party's like, oh my God, you look gorgeous. So again, when I say that these books have body issues, again, it's 1988. Like this, this would have been completely on brand for 1988. But anyway, they're looking at her and they're like, oh my God, you look so good. But she's like, fuck all y'all. I'm going to go get some, I'm going to go away. (laughs) She is, I love it. I love it for her. She's giving Wednesday Adams and I'm here for it. But yeah, she's, she is giving zero fucks about these people. So Nancy's like, if, if she doesn't want to, why did she come though? Like, she's not being like mean about it. She's like, why, you know, if, if this is not a good place for you, like mentally, why would you put yourself through this basically? Because again, everybody at the fucking party seems to be like, oh yeah, Wendy's, Wendy was a bitch to me in high school, like was just a total hose beast. And they're like, oh, well, you know, it's, it's a reunion and we get to see other people. Okay. The other person. And I can't, I can't cast him. I just, I just don't know. No, I almost said Donnie Faster from X-Files, but that, mm, no, no, nobody needs that. Um, <laughs> but kind of because it's Don Cameron, Don Cameron is Nancy's ex. And you were like, she has an ex? Yes. She dated Don before she met Ned. And then she met Ned. And uh, no. According to Nancy, like, she was fond of Don. And they went out on dates. And he was nice. But she just never felt sparks for him the way she does for Ned. And you're like, of course not. Because Ned is your soulmate. So Don is like, again, classical American good looks. But to me, he always looked kind of bland. So picture like just brown hair, brown eyes, generic. And again, we got like Chris Pratt. <laughs> Do I want to go that far? Do I want to say Chris Pratt on this? Because he doesn't have the humor. He doesn't have that level going for him. I don't know. I don't know. Like Chris Pratt's dumber cousin. We'll go for that. Anyway, like, it's kind of weird. I don't, I don't love Don because the book doesn't want me to love Don. And also he's not Ned, but he's just, he's so inoffensive and like, oh, he's, he's fine. He's just like, he's your starter boyfriend. He's the one who y'all ain't going to first or second base. Y'all are just going to hold hands gently. It's fine. So he's at the party and when he's like, Hey, um, so Ned, your competition is here. And that's like, bitch, do I look like I have competition? There ain't nobody who can touch this. Y'all all 10 miles behind. But anyway, Wendy's like, cause Don's here. And Nancy's like, yeah, sure. Cause she doesn't want to No, Nobody wants this. Nobody wants this. So they run into Don and Don's like, hi, you, you remember me? And Don's like, yeah, yeah. Hey, Nancy. And Nancy's like, hi, Ned and I have to go do something. 
she's trying really hard to not be mean to him. And Bess and George are like, oh, hey, Don, let's go join the volleyball game or some shit. Anyway, so I can't remember the exact sequence of events. There's a bunch of shit that happens at the party. Um, They... Wendy's like, oh, let's do, let's go ahead and light up the grill so we can do some burgers. And like, even the invitation of the party was like, let's make this the best party ever. And they were like, yeah, she never turned off the head cheerleader, huh? Another interesting thing that happens during the car ride on the way up there is that Bess is like, so what's she doing? Like, is she going to college? And Nancy's like, oh, when I taught her, she said she was working part-time at a stationery store and taking some classes. And I was like, She's at the community college. That's that's what those words mean. Okay. Again, it's fine. I'm absolutely fine with it. But it's kind of... It's giving a lack of ambition. But again, she doesn't need any because her parents have both a lake house and a house in town. So, yeah. She needs to just own that. She's also dating somebody named Rod. And I was like, uh-huh, tell me everything. And Nancy's like, oh, is he coming to the party? And she's like, no, he had a, a thing in Philadelphia, so he's he's not going to be at the party. And she seems uncomfortable about it and changes the subject almost immediately. And Nancy's like, huh. And I was like, he has a porn shoot. His name is Rod. He has a porn shoot. He, uh, it's it's going to be long and complicated. Phrasing. Um, yeah, so anyway. So we don't really hear that much about him. Um, among the other cast of characters, we have Judd Reese, who comes up on his motorcycle. Which, when he pulls up on his motorcycle, Nancy's like, that is a fancy bike, Ned, isn't it? And that's like top of the line. And I was like, does Ned frequent motorcycle catalogs? Is he like the Sears Wish book, but for motorcycles? Is that what he's giving here? Is that he just flips through and he's like, yes to all this? I don't know. But I love the idea that Ned is a motorcycle enthusiast. I love the idea of him just rolling up one day and be like, Nancy, get on the back of this bike. We got shit to do. And her being like, fuck yeah, we do. So anyway, Judd is a greaser. Like they legit refer to him that way. And I was like, oh, so you're trying to give the movie Grease. So John Travolta, but a young one with less Scientology. You knew that Elrond was going to be raising his ugly head in this point. Um. Anyway, so he pulls up and Nancy's like, he looks, he's cleaned up good. Like, she's not like, I want to bang him. She's like, he's he's cleaned up good. Huh. So anyway, I, th- I think that's everybody. There's so many people in this damn book. There's so many people. Um, so again, it's time for burgers. Um, you will remember that the reason that Nancy and Ned went to cooking school is that Ned set the the thing he was grilling on fire at the beginning of that book. And so Ned's like, I can help grill the burgers. I've learned a lot. I, I don't burn the food anymore. And I was like, I love that they're giving you the tiniest bit of character development at this point. They're like, you get to not burn food on the grill. Um, But Bess still teases him about it. She's like, don't burn my burgers. And Ned's like, shut the fuck up, girl. Anyway. Patrick comes over, Christopher Reeve comes over and he's like, okay, well I'll help. And he gets out the lighter fluid and sprays it on the coals and the coals immediately like catch him on fire. Yep. He's, he's just burning man at this point. Like just, it's turned into the wicker man. It's turned into the the end of the wicker man. Like we've just, we've skipped straight to the end. Anyway. So he catches on fire. Everybody's like, what the fuck? Um, Nancy grabs a nearby towel and smothers the flames out. Like to the point that some people didn't even know that he had caught on fire. Like she was that quick about it. She is always on alert. Smokey the bear made a deep impression on this girl. So 
she gets the flames out. She's like, oh, well, you need to go inside and ice your face because it's looking kind of bad. Anyway, so he's like, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go inside. And like, I think Wendy was inside because she was like trying to find something, maybe the first aid kit or some shit. Anyway, um, yeah, so Nancy's like, why would, what the fuck? Like, water fluid doesn't do this. And so she sniffs it and she's like, yeah, that's pure fucking gasoline. So clearly the the fumes lit. So her and her friends are like, who would have done this? Who would have put gasoline into a lighter fluid container? And they're like, I, I got no fucking clue. I got nothing. I just don't know. I haven't, I do not have enough evidence. Oh my God, I forgot to talk about the cover. Pardon me. We will come back. So Nancy is wearing aviator sunglasses, but they are tucked at the top of her shirt, which is a weird move. Um, She's got like, a baggy button-down white short sleeve shirt, which is tucked into a pair of, like, cotton candy pink shorts with some pleats, because it's 1988, and a brown belt, one of those fabric belts that had the little thingy in it that doesn't actually have a buckle, where you just kind of put it all together and hope that it still worked. Yes. She's got past her shoulders red hair, like we're just, we're leaning in on the red hair at this point. Behind her is, you know, I don't know. The book never explains, and it's probably Patrick, given everything else, because he's got a square jaw, and he looks very intent, and he's wearing, like, a full-ass suit with, like, a green hue to it, like a khaki and green thing happening. It looks good on it, I'm not gonna lie. Um, In the background is a Barbie doll with a knife stabbed through her chest, which is how you know you're in a slasher movie. We'll get to it. It's not really a Barbie, but it's, it's so damn close. Anyway, so... Uh, Nancy and Bess go inside to clean up, like, like there's a bunch of getting in the lake and getting out of the lake and, and laughing and eating burgers and anyway. So Nancy and Bess go inside and Bess is like, oh my God, I can't, like, Wendy is being so fucking catty to me. Like every single time she sees me, she's like, she says something and I, I'm just, uh, I'm just done. And then Celia walks out from wherever she was because they're in like, this house, again, is giving full Victorian haunted mansion in that, like, they've got just rooms for people to freshen up their makeup in. I was like, so it's it's prom ready is what it's giving. They're like, would you like to run it for your next event? But Celia just walks out and she starts brushing her hair and she's like, I know, right? She's such a bitch. And Bess is like, oh my God, please don't say I said anything. And Celia's like, girl, way ahead of you. Bye. And just walks out and Bess is like, that was fucking trippy as hell. And Nancy's like, yeah, I don't really know why she's here if she's just ready to bitch slap everybody. But I mean, it's fine. I mean, I'm here for it. I like the energy. I like it. I like what she's bringing to the table here. So um, they go back out. They're eating burgers. Everything's pretty cool. When Wendy screamed from upstairs. Oh, oh, it was because they were looking through a yearbook. And Nancy was like, oh my God, Wendy, look at this necklace that you're wearing. I loved it. And Candace Cameron Bure is like, what do you mean you loved it? I, I'm I'm wearing it now. And Nancy's like, no, you're not. And Wendy's like, oh shit, I thought I put it on. Let me go check upstairs. That's fine. I'm I'm sure it just, uh, it'll, I'll be right back. So she goes upstairs, screams. Um, Nancy and her friends run up there and Wendy's room has been like not, I guess kind of trashed, honestly, like all of her stuff has been dumped out. Um, 
somebody like dumped out of her makeup on her table. And again, this is the lake house. This is the fucking lake house. But apparently Wendy had like brought her entire bedroom suite with her. So anyway, Wendy's room is fucking trashed. Also in the middle of the bed, of course, is the Barbie doll with a knife stuck through his chest. Pinning down a note, which they take off, and it says something like, you, like, you deserve bad things. It, <laughs> um, it's, it's cut out from newspaper headlines, and it's like, you're a terrible person, and you just deserve bad things. So, peace out, bitch. It doesn't say any of that. I don't, it says, it's, it's giving that, though. It's giving that. So, Wendy, of course, is flipping out. She's like, oh, my God, and all her jewelry is gone. So there's that. I think that she said she had like a, oh, her cassette player is gone. <laughs> I believe her VCR is gone as well because we decided to steal all of the high-tech gadgetry from 1988. We just, an early CD player? No, it's fine. Um, So all of her shit was basically stolen out of her room. And Nancy's like, okay, so, um, huh, that that's pretty fucked up because, again, it's like, had to be somebody at the party. Like, Nancy's like, on the one hand, somebody could easily walk in here because it's there are plenty of people here. There have been people going in and out of the house. Everybody's been going in and out of the house. There's no telling, but this feels, feels like maybe somebody at the party got mad at you. I'm just saying. So, um, they call the cops, of course, because they're an hour outside River Heights. People who show up are not on the River Heights PD. And when Nancy's like, so, um... I think you should know about this gasoline incident that happened earlier tonight instead of the lighter fluid. They're like, that's just a thing people do here. And maybe they were trying to get rid of poison ivy. Like, why are you even trying to make a thing out of this? And Nancy's like, what? And Wendy's like, we don't have poison ivy out here. And they're like, it's all around this lake. Just shut up. So um, they also say that they find traces of makeup on the windowsill. So they think the person left via like climbed in and out through the window so breaking and entering and Nancy's like "Mm, that's it's not giving that for me like y'all suck (laughs) and they're completely pessimistic about locating any of this they're like oh well you know often we don't recover stolen merchandise and I was like that's correct that that's actually correct though so um, Nancy, of course, tells her friends um, what has happened, and the party is basically like, because the cops have shown up, they're like, oh, well, um, I guess we gotta go by. Some of us were doing a little bit of light cocaine, just just a smidge. So we're gonna need to go home now and, and complete our cocaine journey. Um, maybe some light meth. Um, yeah, so... Nancy's like, oh, okay. Um, and when he's like, yeah, my parents are in town. And then when she's talking to Nancy, she's like, no, they're in Europe. Like, I didn't want it to sound like I was the kind of girl who would just throw a party as soon as her parents were out of town, even though that's exactly what I was doing. So, yeah. So that's fun. Um, when Nancy and her friends go out to the car, because they came in Ned's car, as you may remember. Um, I think that, like, Bess and George were going to question Monica because I think like Nancy wanted to see what everybody was doing. She was like, okay, who's still here? Who seems a little bit suspicious? Who seems to be into it? Like the thing about Monica is of course, because Monica is the actress. Um, Wendy was a total bitch to her during her like senior year last play. 
So this is going to come up later, but anyway, um, Monica was playing the lead role and somebody started playing pranks on her. So they like, she was supposed to drink tea on stage and they put a bunch of salt in it. So she had to choke that down. Um, whenever she touched a doorknob, the door just crashed down and almost fell on her. And then she had to like put her coat on in a scene, like she was wearing her coat for a scene and somebody had cracked a raw egg into the pocket. And so when she reached into the pocket, for whatever reason, she felt the raw egg and screamed and ran off stage and like her understudy had to finish off the play. So there's that. I was like, y'all giving Carrie energy. Y'all also giving Candace Cameron Bure energy. Like, I feel that I cast you appropriately. I'm just saying. Would Christopher Reeve have been a party to this? One would hope not. Anyway, so. So there's that. And like, it, everybody at the party basically had a reason to fucking hate Wendy. Like, Nancy's like, the pool of suspects is quite large at this point. So... Ned is, um, I can't remember what Ned's doing, but like each one of them is off doing something. Nancy's heading toward Ned's car by herself when Don like steps out of the shadows and is like, Nancy, I wanted to talk to you. And Nancy's like, okay, serial killer, what? And he's like, I just, I haven't met anybody like you at college. And, and I like, I think I still have feelings for you. Do you think that maybe we could go out? And Nancy's like, unequivocally, no, um, I'm with Ned and we, he is not into sharing. He is not a sharing person in that way. He is a giving person and nurturing, but I mean that in a bedroom way. No, no. Um, yeah, we're not going out again. So Ned comes up like almost at the same time and, oh, and Don's like, I've, I heard that you were thinking about taking this case and, and you shouldn't do it because you know, this, this could be dangerous for you. And Nancy's like, are you threatening me, bitch? And he's like, no, no, I just don't want anything to happen to you. And she's like, mm-hmm, because you're the person doing it. Anyway, so Dad steps out of the shadows, and he's like, hello, Cameron. <laughs> like, I like to imagine that at any point, Ned has got dueling pistols ready, and he's ready to whoop some ass. So anyway, he's like, yeah, Nancy said she didn't want to talk to you. So step the fuck off. Bye. And Don's like, okay, bye. So they go out to Ned's car and there's a fucking hornet's nest on his seat. So that's fun. Um, and Nancy finds it after Ned gets it out of the car and the hornets have left. Like Nancy, Nancy's like, what's that? And like all the hornets come out of the nest and it's bad. They don't get her. It's fine. She's again, she's fine old girl. She's going to be okay. Um, Ned gets the nest out of the car and they find a note that says like, you're still Nancy the Snoop or something like that. Still snooping around. And Nancy's like, that's what people used to call me. And there's a really weird, like, throwaway line at this point where Bess and George are like, oh, yeah, that's what people called you after you decided to be a detective. Which, I love that for her there was ambiguity. I love that there was a time where she was like, maybe I will do something else. It doesn't ever say, like, oh, you were considering being a lawyer like your dad or anything like that. It's just like, oh, and then you decided to be a detective. And with the implication that she was like solving mysteries around her high school and getting into people's business and like just generally being that guy. So I thought that was interesting. They go home and I think that Wendy had asked Nancy to come by her house like the next day or something. But anyway, um, yeah. Nancy goes to the, the house in town, which again, when she walks up, she's like, yeah, they're they're doing quite well for themselves, aren't they? Candace Cameron Bure's family's just 
they're just keeping it real, huh? Um, also, Patrick is like, oh, well, I've just got a few days left before I go back to school. So he and Ned are both not at, not at the same school, I remember, because Patrick is Ivy League. Um, but both of them are going back after Labor Day. And I was like, that's adorable. I never did that. I've heard of places doing that, but I was not attending one of those places. We were back in the hot August sun. Um, anyway, so... She goes over to talk to Wendy. Wendy's like, yeah, um, my parents are in Europe, blah, blah, blah. And there was something that happened. Like, I think that this is when they start on like, Wendy's like, maybe it's this person. Maybe it's this person. Because she goes to talk to Wendy and Wendy's can't really give her any details. Like the cops can find nothing. It's just all bad. Um, Whenever she goes back home, then Wendy calls her like pretty soon after and she's like oh my god somebody I, I'm I'm coming over to your house right now and it's like what what are you huh so when he comes over because somebody apparently left a delivery for her and I was like a human head in a box but no it's the yearbook it's their yearbook and it's been marked up like all sorts of stuff has been like drawn all in it and like catty comments and like most likely to die written over Wendy's photo which is of course what tripped Wendy out but like on the spread with the the senior player member, the one that Monica had such a bad time with, um, it says something like, "You'll get what's coming to you" or something like that. And so Nancy looks at that and she's like, "Did you fuck with Monica? Like, were you the person who did the pranks?" And when he's like, "I mean, it was just, yeah," and Nancy's like. That was a really fucking bitchy thing to do. Oh my God. You're the worst. And when he's like, what? Nancy's like, it was her last fucking play in high school. Like that was really important to her. And you just completely fucked it up. And when he was like, she was, she just deserved it. She was so full of herself. And Nancy's like, wow, you're a horrible person. I'm I'm going to go talk to her. So Nancy goes over to Monica's house, and when she, she's got the yearbook, she's like, I will do a surprise attack, and I'll be like, is this your yearbook? Anyway, so she walks up to the door, and the door is slightly ajar, because this is a thing that only happens in mystery novels, and she hears from inside the house saying, like, now I've got you where you want you, where I want you, and Monica's voice, and then, like, gunshots, and Nancy's like, oh, shit. So she runs into Monica's house, like, but realizes that like she keeps hearing it like worrying backwards and playing again and she's like oh this is a tape okay okay still still super creepy but but a tape so monica's like oh i'm watching my screen test because i went out for a soap opera and so it's like her like pretending to shoot a limousine and she was like and i had to ride a horse in one scene and i had to pretend to be a baby being born or so anyway it was just a bunch of stuff and nancy's like oh okay um is this your yearbook? <laughs> and the way that the narrator describes it is that Monica reacts the exact same way that Nancy would, which is to say, no, I didn't let people write on the cover of my yearbook, so this wouldn't be mine. Um, no. So they're talking, and I think um, that Nancy had mentioned she was going to go see Monica because, of course, she was, oh, Patrick actually called Nancy's house and was like, 
Nancy, I was just checking in to see, you know, if you'd made any progress on the case. And so he's talking to Wendy and Wendy's like, oh yeah, Nancy's about to go over to Monica's house and, and question her because she thinks that Monica might be responsible. So Monica asks Nancy for a ride into town because her car's in the shop after Nancy has basically been like, are you the culprit? And Monica's like, why don't you fuck off? And then she's like, no, I mean, I get it. Like, yeah, I, I can understand why you might suspect me. But no, I I do have reason to be mad at her, though. And Nancy's like, T- spill all that tea. Spill it all. I'm here for it. So, Monica was dating Rod. I was like, that's uh, air quotes around all of that. Um, <laughs> dating, also Rod. Um, Anyway. So she was dating him. They met doing summer stock and like around there. And then Monica moved to New York to to go after her acting career. And Rod, she introduced Wendy to Rod at a party. And then Wendy fucking stole him. And so Monica hates Wendy for a bunch of reasons, but especially that because she had deep feelings for Rod. And you're like, of course you did, honey. That's a euphemism, but it's fine. Um. So yeah, he wasn't at the party because like... Also, Monica says, yeah, I knew he wasn't going to be at the party. I knew he was going to be in Philadelphia in a play. Like, otherwise, I would not have shown up because I didn't want to see them together. So Nancy's like, huh, okay, okay. Because she can't figure it out. There's there's the doll with the knife through the chest and the threatening note. And the note sounds like maybe, like, Bess was like, that sounds like something that I heard Monica say to her. Like, you're going to get what's coming to you or you deserve this or you deserve bad things. Like... Bess is like, I feel like she said that to her one time. And Nancy's like, who among us has not said that to her, though? So anyway. But, yeah, it was like, she she has grounds to do this, but also, like, why the theft? Like, yeah. Yeah, it just, it doesn't add up. Nancy's like, something just seems weird about this. So she takes Monica into town, but... Like, I can't remember exactly what happens. There's something weird that happens that Nancy can't actually take her to where she needs to take her to. I don't know. I don't remember what the fuck happens. It's like they stop off at somebody else's house or something. Anyway. um, But the bad thing is that when they get... Nancy's like, oh, well, okay, I'll, I'll just take you home. It's fine. So she takes Monica back to her house. And when they get there, the front door's open. And when they run inside... Monica's room has been trashed the same way that Wendy's was. That tape that they had been watching, um, somebody just ripped all of the tape out of the VCR cassette and it's just festooned everywhere. Like, like they toilet papered the room, but in film and like there were pictures of Monica all over the room that apparently her parents were like really proud of anytime she had any sort of newspaper coverage and somebody had gone around the room and like drawn little mustaches and made rude comments. And I was like, so you're, you're saying that they drew some dicks is what you're trying to, to get at. And you just want, don't want to say, um, so yeah, it's, it's just like petty and childish and Nancy's like, and they stole your VCR and yeah, yeah, there's that. Cool. 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 Good job. I can't remember. I, at some point, Nancy, the house in town that Wendy's parents has, that also gets burglarized. And again, it's one of those situations where... I don't know if it gets burglarized at this point, actually. Um, but anyway, so there's that going on. Um, yeah, so now it's it's gone from Wendy to Monica. And 
Nancy's like, well, I was with Monica the whole time. I know that she didn't do this to our house and she wouldn't have, like, she's, this doesn't make sense. None of this makes sense. So the same person that went after Wendy is now after Monica. And there was some sort of dumb note, again, with the headlines cut out that was like, you, you know, you've always been a loser or something like that. Like, you're never going to make it. You, you suck. And she's like, oh, God. So... I think that Monica tells Nancy that, oh, I remember that Celia said something similar to me. And Nancy's like, well, shit, let me follow these breadcrumbs. So she makes an appointment to go see Celia and she asks Bess to come over with her because she wants a backup just in case. And she runs into Dawn. Nancy goes over to Celia's house a little bit early and she runs into Dawn who was like, oh my God, can we like, can we please go on a date? And Nancy's like, no, I don't, I don't want to go on a date with you. Like, this is not a thing that I'm into. Um, I'm really sorry. And no. And she's like, I'm sure that you're doing great at at college. Like, I'm sure you're going to meet somebody. And he's like, yeah, I mean, I'm doing really good. I've got like straight A's and everything. Here's the thing at the party, like when Patrick showed up, he was like, oh, I won the I'm on, I'm, I'm on the varsity football team and I won an award for like freshman poetry comp, like some sort of freshman poetry composition award. And I'm like straight A's and I'm on the honor roll and blah, 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 and like all this stuff. And the people listening are like, oh my God, you're so humble about everything. And you're like, sure, sure he is. Um, so when she's talking to Don, Don's like, well, I mean, I'm not like Patrick because, you know, nobody can be like Patrick. I mean, I'm I'm doing good, though. I'm, I'm really enjoying it and I'm doing really well. And Nancy's like, that's great. Like you, I want you to live your best life and I need that best life to be as far from me as possible. So get started on that. Just turn around and run. Pretend that I am the free winds and that you are somebody who is escaping Scientology. Just do that for me. Anyway, so Nancy's late for their appointment to meet Celia. So they walk in and Celia has an apartment near the community college and she's been taking classes there and she's at a place that nobody, well, mm, nobody, not as many people remember her from before. So she can, she can be herself. So Nancy's like, Nancy tells her about everything. She tells her about Wendy. She tells her about Monica being attacked and everything. And Celia just sits there and listens to it and doesn't, like, she just kind of smirks occasionally. And Nancy's like, okay, um, because I have a burning need to know this, um, if you hate everyone, like, why did you come to the reunion? And Celia was like, well, because I wanted you to show you guys that I did this, that I achieved this. But also, I have a lot of baggage associated with high school because everybody picked on me and was really mean to me and I'm just yeah so I'm I would like to just never discuss it or talk about it ever again and Nancy's like that's fair that that's fair so yeah um but Bess has an allergy to oil-based wall paint, which I did not know was a thing. But in the book, she is very vehement that she has one and is sneezing violently. And I was like, I don't know if that's how allergies work, but maybe it is. Um, so Bess is like, oh, I have to go. And so 
Celia's like, well, you know, if we're going to keep talking about this, is it okay if I finish my painting? Because she's painting the molding in her room. And Lucy's like, oh, well, I can help you. And she's like, no, no, it's fine. Do it. You know, we can ask me, you can ask me some more questions. I'm just going to do the molding. So she gets up on the ladder. And when she goes to the first, to the top step, her foot goes through. And she basically like completely careens off the ladder and the ladder falls on top of her. And Nancy's like, son of a bitch. Um, she broke her arm. She broke her fucking arm. And Nancy sees at the top of the ladder whenever she's going over there to help her up. And she's like, oh my God, we got to call an ambulance because, you know, you're, this is real, real bad. She sees this little note that's taped at the top that nobody would have seen unless they were at the top of the ladder. That's like, you're always a fat loser. Like you'll always be a fat loser. And like Nancy's like, oh no. And Celia's like, what is it? And Nancy's like, oh no. And so she just, she can't bear to tell her. So she shows it to her and Celia gets upset. And she's like, that's always what Judd Reese used to call me. And Nancy's like, another suspect. <laughs> so she had, uh, she makes sure that Celia gets onto the ambulance. Um, she, I think she calls Celia's parents too, to make, to, so that they'll know where, what's going on with Celia. And then she's like, let me go talk to Judd Reese. Okay. So, Judd Reese works at his uncle's mechanic shop, and it's right next to a record store, (laughs) which is always playing music out of the speakers. You're like, why are you telling me this? And I'm like, because it's a Chekhov's gun. Um, But anyway, so, I mean, well, anyway, it's going to be important later. So, Nancy goes in and she's like, hey, Judd, um, how are you? Is that Patrick's Corvette? (laughs) Patrick has a black Corvette. I know you didn't know that about him. Um, um, he says that his parents gave it to him as a present when he went away to school. And the weird thing is that Patrick is said to be the first person in his family to go to college. So I was like, how did they, maybe they, um, had been saving up for a long time to get him that Corvette. I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's fine. So anyway, Nancy sees Patrick's Corvette up on the thing and he, she's like, what, why is this, is that Patrick's? And Judd's like, yeah, um, his brakes are shot. <laughs> and Nancy's like, good to know. That's strange. Like sh- her brain did not go to where my brain went, which is sabotage. But anyway, it's fine. Beastie boys. Um, so they're in his office and Nancy's like, so a, a weird thing had just happened. And so she tells him about everything. She's like, so Wendy, her stuff got stolen. Um, Monica, her stuff also got stolen. Her shit got, you know, all torn up. I was over at Celia's and, you used to call her a fat loser and Judd's just sitting there listening to it. And he's like, so you came over here to, to get me. Cause y'all never liked me. Cause I'm from the wrong side of the tracks said baby John Travolta. And Nancy's like, no, no, like, but you used to, are are you saying that you didn't used to call her a fat loser? Cause I'm, I'm just, just for the record. And he's like, I did, but I've changed a lot. Like everyone has. I mean, Wendy hasn't. And Nancy's like, oh, okay, what what beef do you have with Wendy? And Judd's like, uh, so she found out that I had a crush on her, and she was a complete bitch to me over it. Like, she would call me up and talk to me on the phone and, and then just hang up and laugh. And she even made a date with me one time, and she completely stood my ass up because she just wanted to show that she was in control of our relationship. And... Like, she was dating Patrick, and she just didn't give a fuck about me, and she would, like, make fun of me to her friends, and it was just really, really bad, and I hate her, but I no, I did not do any of this, and Nancy's like, "Uh uh-huh, and he's like, 
I'm, I'm real, real mad at you right now. So I really need you to leave. And so and the customer comes in. So Nancy's looking around and she's like, what should I do right now? And then she's like, use this opportunity to search his office. So she looks around and she finds in the wastebasket, some newspapers with their headlines cut out. So Nancy's standing there with these newspapers in her hand going, hmm. And then she's like, this is circumstantial, but it seems pretty intense. When Jed comes back in and he's like, I thought I asked you to leave. And Nancy gets so, like, he is very deeply intimidating. He gets in her personal space and he's like, pretty sure I asked you to leave. And Nancy's like, yeah. And so she drops the newspapers and, like, hauls ass. And then she's like, son of a bitch. <laughs> because she's like, oh, my evidence is So she's like, mm, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird because people keep telling her like oh yes this person said this to me and then she goes to that person and then yeah so she also asks him for an alibi and he's like you know what I don't think I'm even gonna dignify that with an answer because really bitch so anyway y'all all got baggage is what I'm saying here y'all got some trauma from high school and you're we were working through it and it's fine anyway like, he's super proud of himself and what he, he's like, I'm not with, you know, the friends that I had in high school anymore. Like, I've, I've cleaned up my act. I'm working with my uncle. He says that if I work really hard, that he'll make me a partner. And But he's also taking night classes. He's like, I don't know what I want to do with my life. And it could be that I do this for a while, but this is may not be what I want to do forever. Like, again, he's hitting all the buttons. He's, he's doing all the right things. I love that so many of these students are like, I'm at community college. Just letting you know, because again, like in the in the files, there is no River Heights University or anything like that. So they're going to have to go. They'll have to go to Chicago is I think the closest place for them to go to college. So. So Nancy's kind of at a standstill, and I think that she runs into Patrick like very soon after, like she's walking up the street or something. And so she sees him and he's like, oh, hey, would you like to stop at Pete's place and have some onion rings? Because apparently that's the only good thing on the menu. And Nancy's like, sure. Um, yeah. And he's like, oh, how are you, have you been able to help Wendy out? And she's like, um, I'm trying really hard, but it's, it's been difficult. And she's like, oh, so I saw your Camaro at the Corvette. I'm sorry. It's a Corvette. I saw your Corvette at the shop and, and he was like, oh yeah, I'm just getting the, you know, 1000 mile checkup or whatever the fuck, you know, it's, it's a new car. It's, it's, it's like a dream. It's fine. And he's just like, oh, okay. So she's, um, she talks over the case with him and he's like, well, I mean, I, I don't really want to say anything, but, um, and Nancy's like, no, what? Like seriously, anything at this point, anything. And Patrick's like, well, I mean, have you noticed that Don keeps popping up at places where shit's going down and like he's in your car right now? And Nancy looks over and indeed, Don has opened up her car and is getting inside it. And Nancy's like, I'll be right back. And Patrick's like, do you want me to come with you? And she's like, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. So she goes out and she's like, hey, Don, what, what's up? And he's like, I wanted to write you a note, but, um, it, since you're here, I'll just go ahead and tell you. And, but, but here's the note. Like he's, he is, I would say adorably awkward, but also want to punch him in the mouth. So there's that. Um, he's like, yeah, I just, um, I wanted to say, could we maybe go on a date? Like, I really want to go on a date with you. Oh my God. And Nancy's like, son of a bitch, Don, Don, how many, 
how many times have I told you? So, but the thing is, she's like, if he is indeed the culprit, then maybe I can, like, talk to him about the case and see if he drops any clues or whatever. Because, again, Patrick was like, he just keeps popping up at random places. And she's like, oh, okay, so why don't we go to sure let's go on a date and so Don's like yes I know this extremely exclusive restaurant at the top of a building and they've got these really private little booths and Nancy's like no no to all that no no we we, no um let's let's go to the amusement park (laughs) that's like half an hour away and Don's like what and she's like we always loved it and he's like we we went there on like our third date one time like that that was it and Nancy was like and it was so good though we should go there because she wants a public place where she's unlikely to get attacked and so that she can get the fuck away from him if possible you know just saying she's like yeah let's let's go tonight and Don's like okay um I'll have my little brother drop me off at your house so Nancy, of course, has not had any time to get in contact with Ned to tell him about this terrible plan, because you know it's a terrible plan. You know it is. Um, So she's getting ready to go, and she's wearing, like, she's decided to settle on a denim miniskirt and a lilac top, and you're like, I bet you look adorable in that. Um, When somebody knocks at the door, and she's like, I'm almost ready. Oh, no. And it's Ned, and he's like, hey, I thought we could, you know, do something. And Nancy's like, funny story and then Don comes up and he's like hey and Ned's like what are you are you about to go out with him and Nancy's like yeah but and Ned's like okay and like gets in his car and like roars out of the driveway and I was like mood he ain't here for Don's bullshit and Nancy's like yeah I'm gonna have to um patch that up later cool let's we're setting a real good tone good job us good job so they go to the amusement park, which Nancy's like, yeah, this place is super sketch. Oh my God. It's, it's no, it's, it's not, it's not giving cleanliness. Um, they can't like, they get on the Ferris wheel, but there are people screaming. They try anything they try to do. Like they can't actually talk. And Don like, I really want to talk to you. And Nancy's like, I really want you to stay as far away from me as possible. So Don's like, let's go on the tunnel of love ride. And, I can't really picture this, I guess, because it's no longer 1988. So it's, I guess, like some sort of long trail of like a long, thin pool, I guess, because they each get into little boats and it's about like five feet of water. And I was like, that seems a bit excessive, but okay. Um, Yeah. So they get on their little boat and Nancy's like, okay, so finally we can talk about the case I'm working on. And Don's like, what do you mean talk about the case you're working on? And Nancy's like, so, um, do you, could you maybe give me an alibi for your time yesterday? And Don's like, is that what you think of me? And like, it's, it's looking real, real bad for him. And Nancy is startled so much that she actually like stands up to get out of the boat and Don stands up. And so the boat goes off balance and they're thrown violently into the water, which is full of cigarette butts and it is not fun. And so Nancy gets up and she's like, yeah, I'm going to need to get checked for typhus. Um, oh my God, this, oh no, this is real, real bad. Um, and Don's like, I'm, I'm sorry I flipped out. It's just like, no, I'm not stealing people's shit. Like what the fuck? I was at work. And Nancy's like, 
oh, okay. Um, and Don's like, the only reason he came out with me was to ask me, a, oh, and Nancy's like, yeah. <laughs> so he's, you know, again, I would argue that if one is to love Nancy and one is to love all facets of Nancy, and that includes her needing to question you gently about maybe burglarizing and threatening people, you need to accept that about her. Love all of her. She is Walt Whitman. She is vast and contains multitudes of questions about you and your whereabouts. So they get in the car to go home. Um, I can't, I can't remember like fucking timeline on some of this shit because I think that like they get back to Nancy's house and Don's like, can I just use your downstairs bathroom to clean up? Because Nancy's like, I'm going to need to take like 17 showers. And Don's like, I'll, I'll wait until I get home, but okay. Um, when I think, yeah, I think that Ned is there and he's like, Nancy, I need to talk to you. And Nancy's like, yeah. Um, after, after I take like 17 showers and that's like, what happened to you guys? And then the phone rings and I think it's Wendy at that point, And she's like, Nancy, somebody's trying to get into my house. And so they go, yeah, I think this is the part where this happens. They go over to Wendy's house. All of them, all of them go in the car. Ned's like, I'm coming with you because Don's like, oh, I'll go. And because of course he wants to prove his masculinity and he wants to prove that he can be a good boyfriend to Nancy. And you're like, Don, honey, that ship sailed. That ship sailed. So all three of them get in the car, run over to Wendy's house. Wendy's like, they've been calling and, and just laughing into the phone. And, and then they called and they said they were going to come over and kill me. And Nancy's like, I'm beginning to think that you deserve it. You're given just class A bitch, Cam- Candace Cameron Bure. So they go over there. Um, the lights are all off. Nancy goes into the house and she's like, Wendy? And Wendy's like, I turned all the lights off so the person couldn't see me. And Nancy's like, yeah, and you can't see them. So maybe turn some fucking lights on. Anyway, so the person has run away and Nancy sees Patrick in the street and he's, huh, I think that's true. I think it is. I think it is. Um, Maybe. Maybe it happens at this point in the book. I really don't give a fuck. Um, Anyway, so Nancy sees Patrick on the street and he's like, his shirt is ripped and he's got like a bloody gash on him and he's like, oh, somebody, somebody hit me. They they were running away and they hit me. And like, he keels over and he's like, they went that way. And so Ned and Don like tear off in that direction. This may have happened in a different part of the book. Anyway, um, so whoever it was did not actually get into the house. So Wendy's okay. So they don't find anything there. They're not able to find the person who apparently ran away and knocked Patrick over. And he's like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. You, you go do you. It's fine. Um, anyway, so they go back home. Um, I think I can't, I think that like they just dropped on off at his house or whatever. And Ned's like, why are you, what, what happened? And Nancy's like, so, um, a lot. And so she tells Ned about it. And it says that Ned, um, once he stops laughing, <laughs> which you, you gotta be honest, it was a pretty fucking ridiculous situation. He's probably sympathetic. And he's like, you, you do need to get checked for typhus. I love you, but also I don't want to die of typhus. And so he like, just gives her a little pat on the cheek and he's like, go take 17 showers, girl. Go, go take, you deserve it. So, so there's that. Um, I can't remember, like, no, I think, 
I actually think that it was that night that maybe Don's house was broken into because Don's house was broken into and like nobody else is home but when Don goes inside like his room has I think that Nancy actually goes inside and goes up to his room and she's like oh yeah yeah his his room's been trashed like ink has been poured over all of his shit and his trophies have been like beaten with a fireplace poker until they're like completely shapeless and there's some note like you're a little bitch or whatever the fuck like all, all the notes are super generic and stupid anyway so I think the next thing that happens is like like after when he's gotten all the threatening phone calls and whatever she's um Nancy's like, do you want to sleep over at my house? And when he's like, yes, please, fuck yes, fuck yes. So Nancy invites her over after she's taken her 17 showers. And, um, cause I think Wendy actually called her in the middle of the night and Nancy called Ned and was like, you know, I, I need you to help me because it's the same night after, there's a lot happening in this book. It's the same night after she got dunked in the tunnel of love indubitably. So yeah, there's that. Um, so yeah, Wendy's asleep there and Nancy gets a phone call that's like, your next Nancy Drew or some bullshit. But anyway, she hears something in the background. She's like, ooh, it's the record store. This is coming from the garage where, where Judd works, where Judd Reese works. So she calls Ned, she calls Beth, she calls George. Um, she eventually manages to get Wendy to wake up, uh, gets her to go over as well. And they go over to the garage and Nancy's like, it's possible that Judd is behind all this and he made the threatening phone call and it's still plot. Who knows? But, um, they find him at the, you know, the like pit thing where they work on the cars. Yes. He's down at the bottom of one of those and he's got a big old bloody gash on his head and it's, it's not looking hot for him. Um, in his office, Nancy finds like a cup of coffee and a donut with one bite out of it. And it's like, it's not giving, it's giving that he was like interrupted in the course of a robbery or something, basically. So they call the police because, and they call an ambulance and like, Nancy's like, yeah, this is real, real bad. And she calls his parents. Actually, Wendy is the one who knows the number for the parents, which again makes sense because she was tormenting him. So she's like, yeah, I'll call his parents. So yeah. Like anytime Nancy is like, oh, maybe this person did it. Like the person clearly didn't do it. So there's that, there's that. Um, yeah, good times. The last thing that happens is, well, no, there's, there's a lot of last things happen. Um, the next thing I guess that happens is that Nancy goes to talk to Patrick. Like, I can't remember specifically why she goes, I don't remember what makes her need to go talk to Patrick, maybe to see if he's, like, found anything or thought of anything. I think that she calls him on the phone and it takes him a long time to pick up and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, oh, it's because she gets a phone call from Patrick and Patrick's like, Nancy, he's trying to kill me or, or something like that. And then, like, hangs up the phone. So, of course, Nancy rushes over to his house and she bangs on the door and his parents answer and they're like, what? And she's like, Patrick was being attacked. He he said that somebody broke into the house and they're like, no, um, what? So they go to Patrick's room and Patrick's room has been trashed and he's not there. And like, you know, it's stuff strewn everywhere and everything. And 
his trophies are against the wall. And Nancy's like, do you see anything missing? Like, is there anything that, that like is out of place or anything like that? Um, because you know, you're gonna have to call the cops. And so Patrick's mom is like, uh, I mean, the room's been trashed, but I mean, the only thing that we really have here that would have been worth anything is these trophies and they're still here. And Nancy looks at them and goes, huh? She's like, I mean, was the stereo taken or anything? And his mom goes, uh, no, um, he, he's, sold most of that stuff when he came back from college and Nancy's like why but but he's about to go back and they're like uh no he was expelled from college he got really upset when he was cut from the football team and he like the classes were really hard and he just had a rough time with it and he um yeah he he came back home and Nancy's like how many lies has he been telling? Anyway, so she's like, oh, I I got a real, real bad feeling about this. So she goes back to her house. She had tried to wake Wendy up before she left, but she was unable to, so she just left her there. And so when she comes up to her house, she sees that the lights are on, and Wendy is apparently sitting on the couch watching TV. And she's like, oh, okay, I guess Wendy woke up. So she walks in, and Wendy's like, Hey, Nancy, um, just act natural, okay? Because she's been fucking tied to the couch. Wendy's like, yeah, he wanted me to look natural so that you'd come in. And Patrick's like, hey, Nancy, hey. Um, yeah, I got some clothesline here for you. Yeah, he tied her off a clothesline. Like, real, real tight. Like, it's it's not good for her. Not, not, not a good look. Cutting off some circulation. So, Nancy's like, it, it was you the whole time. And Patrick's like, it was indeed. It, w- it was me the whole time. Glad that we're on the same page about that. Glad that you're finally giving credit where credit is due. And Nancy's like, yeah, what's, um, what, what's going to happen here? And Patrick's like, well, you two are going to die. And yeah, the, the two people I hate most in the world, mostly Wendy, but you're, it's at your house. So I'm just going to burn the motherfucker down. Like that's where my head's at. Just saying. So, um, yeah, I'm going to need to you to tie Wendy back up because you've been trying to untie her. So there's that. And then I'm just going to tie you up. And Nancy's like, okay, okay, um, sure. So he ties, he makes sure they're both tied up. He goes out to the garage to find anything to light the house on fire with. And Nancy's like, what's he going to find out there? Is he going to find lighter fluid or, or, you know, a spare tank of gasoline or, you know, there, there's any number of things. So she's like, we, we've got to get out of here. So she's, of course, like wrestling her bonds off to the point that her wrists are bloody because, hey, that's how we roll here. Um, She finally manages to get free. She gets, I think she gets Wendy's feet free, but she hasn't yet gotten her hands free when Patrick's like... Patrick comes back in and he's like, well, um, couldn't find any accelerant, so I guess I'll just shoot you. <laughs> And Nancy's like, why are you doing this? And Patrick's like, because I hate you. I hate all of you. I hate, I guess you talked to my parents. And Nancy's like, yeah, I, I did talk to your parents. And Patrick's like, college is really super hard. I don't know why nobody told me this. Like everything was super easy for me in high school, but they were really mean to me. And I just, I, I couldn't, it, it was real, real bad. And that stuff that they found me with, I was just borrowing it. And Nancy's like, of course, honey. Yes, you were just borrowing it as people do. And Wendy's like, why are you mad at me? You're the one who fucking broke up with me, dipshit. And he's like, 
I broke up with you because you weren't paying attention to me. And when he's like, uh, pourquoi? And he's like, you were cheerleading all the time and you were not paying attention to me the way you should have. So yes, I hate you. And Nancy's like, cool. Um, cool story. Still, still real bad. Um, okay. So Nancy manages to like smack Patrick in the face at some point. They get upstairs because of course they can't get anywhere else in the house. Um, because he's blocking the front door. Um, they go into a spare bedroom to hide. He's going the wrong way. Nancy's like, okay, maybe we can get out. When Wendy, of course, flings open the window and is like, help, help us. He's in here. He's trying to kill us. And of course, Patrick then like bangs through the door. And that's when Nancy gets the drop on him. And then they call the police and it's just real, real bad. And at the end of the book, Nancy's like, yeah, um, he had a complete break from reality there at the end. That was real, real bad. Um, yeah, at least now maybe he'll get the help he needs, and it's just so fucking, like, okay, oh, she asked about Judd, she's like, what happened with Judd, why, what, what happened, and Patrick was like, well, I needed to use the phone, and then he startled me, and so I had to attempt murder on him, that's just how I roll. I just picked up a, a lug nut thingy, possibly a wrench of some sort, <laughs> And I just beat him over the head with it. Like, cha. So basically, Patrick was deeply jealous of everybody who he perceived as more successful than he was in high school. I love that he perceives Nancy as more successful than he was in, in, like, during his college career, basically. Because, again, Nancy's not going to college, doesn't seem to have any plans to go to college. Um, she's still dating Ned, who is a stone-cold fox. You're not wrong about that. But, and also, Ned has everything. Like... I would have totally bought Patrick going to Ned's house and just beating the shit all of his stuff. Um, the thing, though, is that Nancy's house cannot be violated as Nancy needs to live in it. And we need that consistency throughout these books. So there's that. So, yeah, um, I think the book ends with people saying, like, well, I mean, and it's funny because nobody wants to say it. But Nancy's like, yeah. Candace Cameron Bure has mellowed a little bit since the beginning of this. She is, like, only 98% of the bitch that she has been. Like, she still says and does really irresponsible, like, completely just giving zero fucks about anybody else's feelings. She still is doing some of that, but at least she seems to be a little bit more sympathetic to everything, so... Also, when the cops went to Patrick's house, they just found everything, like, under a tarp behind the garage. Like, completely unoriginal. Just him just being a complete dick to everybody. And Nancy was like, he couldn't beat up his own trophies because he was so proud of them. Like, that was the one thing that he was proud of in his life. And he just, he could not stage the scene to that degree. Like, he left those intact. And she asked him about the the lighter fluid. And he's like, oh, yeah, that was me. Like, Nancy's like, you could have been seriously hurt. And he's like, but it threw everybody's suspicion off me. Like, who would do that? And Nancy's like, it did, though. It did. It did. Hmm. Good to know for future reasons, which I will forget before the next book begins. So, good for me. Just doing great all around. So, um... Yeah, Donna's finally got it through his head that Nancy's not interested in him by the end of the book. So you're like, that's a positive. Um, yeah. Um, it's such a fucking, like, 
at the end of it, you're like, yeah, this, this bitch fucking wants Nancy dead. She, he wants her dead. He wants to kill them. He's, he's final girling it. And oh my God, like it was as though you took the first sequence from Scream and then made it into an entire book. That's, that's where we're at. Like, oh my God, I love it. I love how it's not giving Halloween, but it's absolutely giving Halloween where you're like, somebody is stalking me and may want to steal all of my precious jewelry and just hates me for everything that I am. Um, so a few other things about this book that are fun. Um, I do like that, like Nancy is, she's not as on top of it as I would want her to be, but for the, for the period, it felt fairly progressive for, well, I, I kind of hate Celia's arc, which is like, I was fat in high school and then I lost a bunch of weight and now I'm showing off for you guys. And like, I want you to be proud of me, but also I hate you. And I was like, but again, that feels super on brand. So I'm, I can't, I can't be that mad. Like I understand it. It's coming from, it's coming from a place that is completely relatable, but it's also like, Oh, Wendy asked her how she lost all the weight, and so he was like, "You should know." And I was like, "I love the I love a non sequitur. I love it where she's like, fuck off," but I can't say that legally because this is a, a book for children." <laughs> so yeah, it's like, did she deserve all this? Yes, yes. I mean, other than such a murder, and that's another thing that Bess and George and Nancy are like. They're like, "Yeah, you're you are a bitch." Like, it's hard to eliminate any suspects because everybody has a reason to want you dead. You're, you're bad. You're just, you're just not a good person. (laughs) So there's that. And then there's poor Nancy getting caught up at the end of it because she was like, I gave you shelter and you brought a serial killer to my house. Mm, Probably not a serial killer, but anyway. Um, what have we learned? Don't go to your high school reunion. Like, that was step one, really, in this process. First off, don't host one. Don't go to one. Don't be present at one. Don't ever see people from high school again. <laughs> it's a time that's best forgotten. You should just move on from it. Is That's the first lesson of this book. Lesson two, if you see cigarette butts floating in some water, maybe don't get on that ride just that seems like solid advice at any point in your life I'm just yeah I'm just feeling it also if you run into Christopher Reeve who was like oh no he just ran right past me be like mm-hmm. can you describe him or not so much also security cameras also any sort of alarm system whatsoever also everything she when he's just a Candace Cameron Bure is a series of bad decisions and a trench coat. So that's what we've learned. I don't think that we had an Elron candidate for this book. You know, I'm always on the lookout, but I'm not really feeling it for this particular one. Oh, good times. It is kind of weird, though, because of the nostalgia about a thing that for them was so very recent, but also like they want so very much to be on the other side of it. Like, that she had a derogatory name in high school where the people were like, Nancy the Snoop, like, Nancy's not my friend, Nancy's not here to be my friend, Nancy's here to, like, to, to spill, to gather some tea, to have other people spill some tea on me so that she will have material to use to, to chase me, like, like, she's the narc, she's absolutely the narc, and they ain't here for it, and then they're like, no, we're gonna help you though, because you're cute, (laughs) 
Oh, God. So, yeah. Yeah, do we feel bad about Patrick? No. No, I, I really don't. Like, he, he needed some... He needed a mental health break. Let, I will say this, though. Like, if we're talking about statistically, first off, this would have been a great book for at the end of it to go, yeah, this is the thing that happens to a lot of people. So if you know somebody going through this, maybe call this number. But, like, the instance of young people experiencing their first mental health break in college, like, that's seriously a thing. And him being like, I was a big fish in a little pond, and then I went to a far bigger pond and was completely out of my depth. I was like, yeah, like, a lot of that story is relatable. Is he a relatable villain? Yeah, of course. My God. But, like, just, I have to shoot you to to get something back like I think that Nancy even says at one point she's like you you this what you have done so far is not going to ruin your future the way this would like this is something you don't come back from you can come back from washing out in college you can't come back from shooting me and Wendy in my house (laughs) oh and for those of you who are like uh, where is Carson and Hannah? Of course they're out. Um, Hannah is visiting a friend in Buffalo, New York, who broke her hip. And Carson, of course, is on some sort of work adventure. Slash banging a secretary. No. Um, although, given the next book. Um, so, yeah, he's completely out of the house at this point. He even says to Nancy, he's like, oh, well, I, I wish you weren't investigating a case before I left town. And Nancy's like, it's a robbery. I'll be fine. And then, of course, like, he comes back and she's like, and also one of my um, high school classmates tried to burn our house down. With me in it. It was fun. Um, yeah, Ned and I definitely did not bang the entire time you were gone. Like, repeatedly. To the point that we've washed all the linens in the house three times with hot water. No. No. that No. Don't look in the laundry. Just saying. So, anyway. So, that's this book. Which... I love, I love the, the deep romantic intrigue of Nancy being stuck in a love triangle that she does not return any feelings toward Don about. I love it. I love that Ned's so deeply jealous, but he doesn't, like, he takes himself out of the situation. He goes and deals with it. He comes back and he's like, okay, let's talk about this, like, a, like adult, rational human beings. Oh, and at the end of it, like, Ned's like, I've got two days until I have to go back to college. And Nancy's like, let's use that time wisely. And I was like, by banging for all of it all of it next time we're going to be reading the black widow because again halloween even though at that point it will be past halloween so i'm super excited we've hit a good stretch of books and i'm excited for you and for me and for next week so or our next episode so have a very spooky halloween please if you notice somebody who is carrying around a barbie doll and a butcher knife you need to stay the fuck away from that if his name is patrick even more so like double it And stay spookily, spookily sleuthy, my friends.